0: It's time!
1: Hey everybody, welcome back into the third episode of Making
0: the Walk. Today is December 2nd. I'm Andrew Lee. Of course, right next to me is
1: Mike Grosh. Mike, how you doing today? Pretty good. Uh I'd like to point out that you didn't Say I have a mustache anymore, because it is gone.
0: Thank God. Thank God. That thing was horrible. Why you got a hate on a stash, man? No, I actually kind of loved it, but uh, obviously the wind I, that...
1: I felt like it really fit me, but it got way too itchy. The chicks at Saddle Up loved it, buddy.
0: <laughs> Can we talk about that?
1: If... Sure, man. I mean, it, it, maybe not in too much detail, considering it's the Saddle Up Saloon. But
0: Well, well what happened? What ha- what
1: happened to your night? Because I, I honestly didn't see you for most of the night. Um... See, I ran into Dylan. Obviously, that's always a trap because the man drinks like a fish. Uh, so, you know, he's buying shots and shots and shots and drinks and all that nonsense. Uh, it's good to see uh, good friends, Adam Zaminski and Keaton Casey. They came by for a little bit. But I will say the biggest surprise of the night was walking in and seeing the lovely, legendary Matt Stobart.
0: Oh yeah, <laughs> at the TJ. boom boom saloon
1: <laughs> with um, TJ. Yeah. Oh my god, I was like, "What? What the hell is going on? Am I dreaming?" But honestly, I ended up pretty good night. Came back and slept on your couch. So, oh, that's right. We have, yeah, I remember the Uber back home. Uh, I remember like almost falling asleep and wondering why the hell Jason, Tommy, and whoever else was in that Uber. Almost got in a fight with a bunch of those whatever kids. Oh, yeah. there was a fight outside
0: the bar. And yeah, Jason, like, what the hell's going Jason's on right now? Jason's fucking recording it yelling, World Star.
1: <laughs> God, our friends are stupid. What
0: an idiot. So, uh, yeah, good to hear that you had a, a fun Blackout Wednesday. Uh, how was Thanksgiving? Everything good with the family?
1: Uh, unfortunately, uh, and fortunately, I spent it with a uh, good family friend's house in Chicago. Um actually really nice i was in bed by eight o'clock which never happens in my family you know we'll get there at noon and we won't eat until 7 30 so it was kind of nice to you know literally get in at three and out at 6 30 so yeah how was your thanksgiving lee it was good you know just spent a little time with some family had some pretty good food
0: uh my, my tum tum was hurting a little bit afterwards though
1: well that might be the alcohol too but yeah definitely uh <laughs> blackout wednesday took its toll a bit all right so by the way, before we really get started, what kind of pizza was that we had when we came back? I think it was Papa John's. It was a, it was a pan pizza, wasn't it? I don't remember what it was, but we fucked that thing up. Yeah, it was like I don't know. It was amazing. We I mucked. I it. Can't remember where it came from because you just heated it up and gave it to me. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't look at the box or anything. How did you do betting on Thanksgiving? Did you bet on any of the the games? Uh, yeah, I had Bills minus thirteen and a half. Uh, Dallas didn't win. Hopefully they win tonight, but they need to win by 13 and a half or else I'm screwed. Um, what other game? Oh, I didn't touch the Bears game because I thought they would lose. I was kind of hoping that they would, honestly. Yeah. Well, I I would like to point out Matt, Matt Nagy is a fool for celebrating a victory over the Detroit Lions.
0: Hey, every victory in the NFL is big, yeah, all right? which means he's going to have a job for three more years. Yeah, fuck me. All right, so we'll get right into the uh, – I guess the the recap of, of Vera versus Tate uh, fight night last or two weekends ago. Yeah, geez. Uh, I'm not a
1: genius. Well, it was fun while it lasted.
0: It was fun, <laughs> you know, like just walking around, sitting like I'm I'm so good at this. Yeah, I guess I'm human. Uh, yeah, I, I'm pretty sure God just heard me say that I'm a genius and just said, "Yeah, you're gonna lose the next two weeks of betting straight." Basically, I think I, I in like two weeks, I I'm pretty sure I won. Like three bets
1: yeah i got a, a little hot this past weekend but it, it's it gone already i mean michigan money line a couple basketball ones that paid out well but we're back on a cold streak
0: yeah it's just real tough all around for us here um but a quick recap of the event that was a long long card it had 11 fights on it had a total of hundred and twenty four minutes and 49 seconds of cage time so actual amount of time that they were fighting not corners, no promos, commercials things like that just fighting that totals out to about two hours and 35 minutes. I mean that's for 11 fights that's it, it was a snooze fest. there was one finish.
1: yeah you know I don't even, I don't have words for it really. I mean it's just so long.
0: It would be one thing if uh, if these decisions were splits, you know, some of them were close. There were nine decisions, nine nine unanimous decisions, one split decision that we'll go over later, but made no sense to me. Um, You know, if I was watching the fight, I don't understand how one of the judges scored it the way that they did. And then we had a submission, which thankfully happened in the first round. Just get it over with. Just get it moving. Keep it moving. Man, that was a long, long card to watch. If you guys sat down and watched that, it was it was a bit painful at times. So, real quick going into my personal betting recap, I went 1 in 3 on this event. We had mentioned before that this was something of a trap event for us where we did not feel very confident in any of the picks that we gave. Like we said, too, the odds were not really something that we liked going into our research. Um, and a lot of the picks that we thought were going to hit, you know, some of the ones that we felt comfortable with just didn't go our way. Um, still positive on the year, but how did you end up doing?
1: I'll be honest. Um, that Saturday I was in this driving to the city to go out, missed the entire thing. Didn't place a single bet. (laughs) Honestly, that was, it's probably a good thing. Yeah. I'm actually glad because I probably would have lost a hundred dollars. But you know, uh Oregon decided to screw me over that night instead of the fighters.
0: Yeah, so I jump ahead to I believe twelve and nine now, um, as of this recording. Um, your record wouldn't end up staying the same. Do you still, do you have a cumulative?
1: I do not know. It's gotta be I uh, I'm not gonna bother with it right now. I'll I'll do some research on myself. Quick maps. <laughs> Let's, let's not do bad radio right now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we always do bad radio.
1: That'll be later though. Yeah.
0: So we'll get right into the first fight that we took. Uh, Shaylon Nurembi- I dude. I Shaylon. Shaylon. I think so. I don't know how to say his last name. The guy from China. Shay. Yeah, we called him Shay in the previous podcast. Defeated Sean Soriano. We took Sean Soriano by knockout, and that was at plus two fifteen odds. Um, Soriano came out and he looked pretty good at the beginning of the fight. Controlled round one really nicely, kept the fight on its feet, and really tried picking apart uh, his opponent. Um, but by the end, by the time round two came around, it was very apparent that
1: um, he had no answer for Shay's takedowns. Really? Yeah, I mean, wrestling allows you to dictate sometimes where the match will take place, and if you can't, if you just don't have takedown defense, we've seen the same song and dance so many times over.
0: Yeah, and really, his his takedown defense was so bad. And really, the Shail- Shailon's game really is only wrestling. That's all that he has. He has nothing to offer on the feet. So really, going into this fight, you should understand that this guy's game plan is really only going to be to drag you to the mat and try and hold you down. And that's exactly what he did. Um, and really, this was kind of a fight to see who was going to stay in the UFC, I would imagine, if the result was the other way around, um, Shailon would have been cut from the UFC. He was zero and three going into this fight. Really hadn't shown too much. Sean Soriano, on the other hand, he's he's on the hot seat here. He might get one more fight out of this, but uh, I, I believe after this, he's now one and three. Didn't look very good here. Obviously, like we had said, got controlled in rounds two and three, and, and really kind of gave a boring fight. Do you, by chance, know the uh, control time on it? Uh, I didn't. I didn't end up running that down, but it was basically. Ten, it was probably ten minutes.
1: Okay, so just basically the last two rounds just total control. Last two rounds, yeah.
0: had, Sean Serrano had no answer for uh, uh ground game, and, and really just kept the fight there and just controlled him the entire time. So Gotta love the
1: wrestlers showing up. Yeah. So the next topic I have. Uh, You're gonna have to go off. On your own on this? Because I have no idea what happened. <laughs> so, this guy, Cody Durden, um, he fought this
0: dude, he fought this Chinese guy, and he beat him by split dis- er, by unanimous decision. Uh, kind of a closer fight, watching it again. You know, after the fight, he's, he just said some really dumb shit. You know, he's just like, he's just saying like, oh, like, I knew this guy was gonna be tough, but like sent him back to China where he belongs. Blah 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 blah, mm-hmm. and like I don't know, it's frustrating to hear. Uh, and I won't get into this too much, but like it, even from like the UFC standpoint, not very smart. Just because that's a that's a market they've been trying to tap into for a very long time. It's a giant market too. Yeah, you know
1: I, why would you? i I know I'm talking about money, but why would you want to offset anyone overseas? You know, regardless of country, especially when a market that big, you know.
0: Yeah, it's just disappointing to hear, really, and, and, um, I don't know, it just, it sucks because it's something I've definitely heard before in my lifetime. It's, it's not fun to, to be a part of, but. No, of course. (laughs) We'll move on from that. Uh, on to the next one that we had bet. We didn't end up actually betting on the Cody Durden fight. We thought it was pretty close. It did end up being a pretty close fight, um. So, yeah, moving to the next fight that we did bet on. Um, I took Luma Luke uh, to defeat Lupi Godinez. It went the other way around. Again, this was another unanimous decision. Uh, I took Luke Boonmi's money line for plus 140. Thought I saw value in there just because Godinez was coming in for her third fight in 42 days. She beat Homs then, right? She beat uh, Angela Hill. Angela Hill has the right. Oh, yeah, Angela Hill. Talk about a savage. Yeah, so. I, that's that's pretty cool. I mean, uh, just to be able to really step in twice on short notice and, and pull out wins both times, that was... Um, shout out to her for that one. But a very wrestle-heavy um, fight.
1: Well, but, she's probably still tired from the first two. She's just like, I'm just going to take her down. Yeah. <laughs> There's nothing else to do. Godinez had mentioned that uh, um, she said she doesn't have a fourth fight
0: in her at the moment in in the next you know 20 days, so... She's going to take some time off after Jeez, that. I would hope so. I yeah. hope so. Jeez. But she scored five takedowns in that fight. Just absolutely manhandled Luke Boonmee and really had seven minutes, 32 seconds of control time. Uh, re- again, not really the most entertaining fight to watch. Uh, when, when the fight was on the feet, Luke Boonmee looked pretty good, but it was rarely there. Yeah, um, hard to
1: overcome on the feet when you're getting taken down. And control for over half the fight. Yeah, unless five, you're gonna knock him out. Yeah, five takedowns is it, you, like come in, on, th- you, in
0: three <laughs> rounds. It's not a championship fight. Yeah, that's yeah. that's quite a bit. So, all right. So, the fight we did one of the better bets that I had had that I had felt was Terence McKinney um, scoring a knockout or a Ferris Zium. Uh That fight ended up getting canceled because Terence McKinney's cornerman tested positive obviously if you have someone anywhere near the cage assessing positive you got to pull out of the fight um just on the you know the world that we live in today we can't have these kind of things happening um but definitely the omnicron oh i have no idea the decepticon uh (laughs) it does sound like a decepticon it does um but yeah it so it's really disappointing to see uh, if you guys don't know, Terrence McKinney has a very interesting life story. You're gonna have to explain because I don't think I know about this. So I guess when he was a amateur fighter, um, he went he went on like this crazy drug rampage and had the cops called on him. And when the cops came, he was like resisting arrest. They tased him a bunch of times. He wouldn't go down. They kept tasing him. And finally, he gave in. Went to the hospital because he was basically just having uh, some type of health event. And on the table, he had died. He clinically, was dead twice. And after that, I guess he kind of like looked within himself and said, "You know, this is. I can't be doing this if I want to take fighting seriously. If I want my life to be taken seriously and stuff like that." So, uh, kind of a cool story to see him
1: uh, in the UFC, and it's kind of a story you want to root for. Yeah, of course. I mean, we all know fighters are crazy. You got to be crazy to step in the cage. Um, but you know, there's. I mean, look at John Jones um What are some other examples? I can't think off the top of my head. Nah, no, bad radio. But yeah, it's just it's a story you want to root for. um Obviously, it sucks that his fight got canceled too because I'm assuming his ultimate goal is to become a champion, and that'll put it more on hold. If you guys remember, he was in that fight card in Phoenix, Arizona.
0: Uh, I can't remember who was fighting. Um but anyways, he knocked a guy out rather spectacularly in his uh, UFC debut after coming off the regional scene a couple months prior. Had a spectacular knockout. Decided to try and do a flip off the cage and then tore something up in his knee. So just I, I don't know what's going on with him. But I mean, a guy you like, want to root for uh, a bullet.
1: <laughs> Johnny Walker tore his shoulder up doing the worm. Yeah, or not, something like that. yeah not yeah, not very smart. But yeah. hopefully yeah. they can get this him another fight soon or run this one back. Yeah, hopefully so. Uh,
0: anyway, so the next fight that we, we took was Adrian Yenitz defeating Davy Grant. Um, we I personally didn't end up taking this fight. Um, the odds for Adrian Yenitz were so far. I think that we were looking at a plus, or minus a or 200 or more, uh, depending on when you bet on it. If you wanted to, you could have taken Yenitz by knockout, which I didn't take. And it was a good thing we didn't take because he didn't knock him out. Uh but, yeah, it was a split decision. I have no idea why, to be honest with you. Someone scored, the, one of the judges scored the fight as a clean sweep for Davy Grant, even though I. it was very clear that he had lost rounds one and three to Yanis. Um, I don't know, very, very
1: weird. Did, didn't you end up watching this? I, I did not watch this one. I am, I am feeling for Davy Grant, though. I do like him a lot, as we mentioned two weeks ago. I mean, the guy's hilarious.
0: He's awesome, uh, and, and a guy who really likes to kind of just try to put bangers on now, but it, it hasn't worked out for him very well, especially with these guys that are clean and they're striking. Uh, Dean Thomas made a good point saying that Yanez looks like a little miniature, a little pocket Jorge Masvidal, the way that he fights. So maybe a guy moving forward that you can kind of pay attention to to put on some really exciting fights, going uh, you know moving throughout his career. Um, but yeah, really clean, accurate striking da- or striking uh, clinic put on by Yanis. I think he landed at
1: around a 57% clip. Jeez. And I mean, I can imagine with how Davey's been fighting as of late with the, the big swings and the flashy knockouts, you know, some a clean striker comes in there and puts on a clinic. Probably it's going to be a lot to deal with when you're just swinging the big rights and lefts. Yeah, I mean, the best counter to a guy
0: who really just wants to let his hands fly and swing and swing like a wild man is really just be real technical with it. Be quick with your strikes and you're just death by a thousand cuts, and I think that was the plan for Anitz going into that fight, and he executed really well. Um, the next fight we had was Talia Santos defeating Joanne Wood, formerly known as Joanne Calderwood, who was a former UFC title challenger. Um, did not look like this here. Do we know why she changed her name? No, no, I was. I, I forgot to actually look into that. I was is, looking into it. Is her right. husband's name Wood? I have no idea. Or did she just take the Calder out? I th- she just took the Calder out. I'm pretty sure. Or maybe it's a weird coincidence. Huh? I wonder why. I, I, I have no idea. But um, anyways, I guess the most entertaining fight because there was a finish. Um, <laughs> it was the only finish on the card. Uh, happened within the first round with ten seconds left. Um. Really, Talia Santos and Joanne Wood were kind of in a stalemate a little bit, kind of, you know, that beginning of the fight, feeling each other out. By the time the round had progressed past the halfway point, Talia Santos was doing a really good job living behind that jab, controlling her distance, being the longer fighter, um, and then ended up hitting her with a a jab and then a cross that really sat her down. Uh, Wood did a good job of getting back to her feet, and then there was another quick scramble, uh... And and after that, uh, Santos again hit her. She went down. Santos took the back and uh, locked in a rear naked choke with 10 seconds left in the first round. And it was a pretty quick tap, very convincing. Um, I mean, really, Santos probably has just jumped into a contender.
1: Yeah, I mean, a lot of uh, Calderwood with her recent opponents in fighting has made a lot of title challengers. Unfortunately. They all have to fight Valentina Shevchenko.
0: <laughs> I mean, it's such a tall task in these women divisions to try and take belts. I mean, you look at the three champions across the divisions. You have Rose Namajunas, who appears to be at the height of her at the height of her game right now. Valentina Shevchenko is a Russian spy. I don't. I it, there's one woman in the world that can beat her,
1: and it was close last time. Yeah, I mean. I'd love to see it again, but we don't have to talk about that right now. That's a
0: whole other topic. And then obviously you have Amanda Nunez. The quote. Um really, just I don't see any of these belts leaving for
1: quite some time. No. When did Nunez fight got rescheduled? When it? No, she's she's December eleventh. I thought. Oh, she's yeah, on the next yeah, pay per view. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's my. Well, it got it rescheduled from the first date. Yeah, man. the first yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. Julianna Pena. About. Um, Another
0: lamb to the slaughter. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah, but uh, Santos has become has you know jumped her way into the contender talk. Now I imagine she's maybe one fight away from getting another from getting a title shot, or they might just fast track her, considering that they're so short on
1: contenders. Yeah, I don't know who um, Lauren Murphy's fighting, but you could have Yanis. No, she's not Yanis. Santos. She, wow. Santos fight Lauren Murphy, or um who's the one before that? Never mind. Regardless. You, and Lauren Murphy would take that fight, try to get back into the title shot, and fight Shevchenko again. Ugh, it's kind of like something I don't even know if I'd want to see. Well, they gotta have her fight somebody. I know. it's Just, give me... Fight her sister. just give me just give me fucking Nunes and Shevchenko. Just do it. Have, have uh, Valentina fight Antonia. Have her fight her sister. That would be an ass-kicking. Yeah, but it would be funny. <laughs> and sad at the same time. I don't think they time. would ever agree to that. No, they wouldn't.
0: So, anyways, <laughs> next fight on the card we had Ronnie Yaha um, taking on Kyung Ho Kong. We took, or I took, uh, Ho Kong's money line at minus 115. He was the slight favorite. Uh, Ronnie Yaha closed out at minus 105. Um, this was also another theoretical mess on our part. We didn't end up taking this fight um, just because I knew nothing about these guys. I
1: jeez, it seems like he's a hell of a wrestler.
0: Yeah, Ronnie Yaha is a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu practitioner. has been in the UFC for ten years, and I had no idea who he was. Um, I just,
1: jeez, I didn't know that either.
0: Yeah, and Yaha, I mean, he absolutely controlled Kong pretty much for two rounds. Yeah,
1: more than yeah, just over two rounds. Just
0: over two rounds with ten minutes and thirty six seconds. Um, the first round was going Kong's way, though. I mean, he dropped. Yaha, with some really clean striking, was mixing it up really well. It looked really fluid on the feet, but by the time that Yaha had dragged him to the ground and figured out his fight plan and, and how he wanted to really attack this, it, there was no there was no answer from Kong there and, and really just scored a very easy, unanimous decision. Yeah, just was it the second and third? Yeah, okay. So second and third, he just gets the takedowns, so just rides him out. Yeah. I mean the pretty much the the 36 seconds or whatever it was in the first round were a little bit of clinch time along the fence. You mm-hmm. didn't actually take him down, but after that, the next two rounds were pretty much Ronnie Yaha on top of Kong, and Kong had no answer. Again, uh, we we had previewed this card as being a very wrestle heavy card, and and it really has um, showed. It, it proved that we were right on that. Uh, moving into the co-main event, Sean Brady took on Michael Chiesa. Uh, We had both agreed on Michael Chiesa for this one. Um, We kind of thought we found some value in that. Just Michael Chiesa being a hard-nosed veteran, a guy who's been in a lot of big fights before in the past. And Sean Brady, the up-and-coming prospect, who is still undefeated and has really started to make a case for himself to make a run at the title. Um, But, you know, before that, Chiesa just... Kessel looked a little bit strong on the feet, had some moments uh in the first, late in the third standing up, you know, eventually in the late third, he's he, he finally scored a takedown. He scored one takedown, it was in the third round. Um, he ended up taking uh he, he ended up taking his back for a little bit actually. He actually took No no no. I'm sorry. I mixed that up. So he actually got on top of Brady and basically had him in like a side mount and was just wailing away at him with 30 seconds left in the third round but it was so it was just too little too late sean brady had the back multiple times had michael kiss's back in the second and third round and basically just didn't let him move from there
1: just he even try to? i can't remember much of the fight i did see this one on the saturday that it came or it happened yeah it was
0: it, it it was a very it was like we had said these guys are both wrestlers at heart um and it was very, it was a very chess match type of wrestling uh, fight where, you know, it, it, Sean Brady's strength and, and his ability to control his own body just was really the deciding factor here. You know, being able to take a wrestler's back is pretty tough to do. Well, and...
1: not naturally, but in a fight, I would imagine it would be. I mean, geez, wrestlers live on their stomach. I still can't sleep on my back to this day. You know what, Steve Steve but my high school wrestling coach, said, if you sleep on your back, you're getting pinned in your dreams. I was 14. I haven't been able to sleep on my back since. <laughs> that is hence my back pain.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, but anyways, yeah, um, Sean Brady looked really good in this fight. I mean, defeated a guy who has been up and down the rankings in this division and across a bunch of other ones as well. And did it pretty convincingly. So you can look at Sean Brady being a high-end prospect uh, moving forward. Maybe a guy who might be challenging for a title someday soon. I would hope so. Uh, champ needs some more challengers. Absolutely. And that, if, if you guys weren't aware. It, that, I believe that's in the, the welterweight, correct? Yes. So that would be Kamaru Usman. Alright, so on to the main event. We had Ketlin Vieira taking on Misha Tate. Uh, we took Vieira's money line here. This was really the only win that we had. That we had. This is the only prediction we got right. Well, <laughs> we saved the best for last, I guess. And this fight too was uh, kind of started off slow, uh, like usual. You know, the feeling out period in the cage. Um, but it, it started picking up by by the time that the second half of the first round had ended. The fight had a decent pace to it, and it was it was a fairly entertaining fight all throughout. Um, you could tell Vieira was winning the fight just based on who was landing cleaner strikes, who was landing with more power. Um, Misha Tate, I think, outstruck Vieira in the first round, but really, w- when you looked at their faces going back in the corner, just, Vieira just, was hitting her much cleaner, much harder. Yeah, getting those and, cuts. Yeah, and, and, but it was frustrating to watch Vieira
1: fight. Did you end up catching this? I didn't but from what I can read on the notes I feel like there were some chances she might have had some chances but didn't take advantage. She sat back the entire fight. And uh, it,
0: and really I I don't I don't really feel the need to rip into her too much because you know watching if you watch the broadcast um DC and uh what's his name Brandon um the the, the the fight night Murphy Brandon Murphy, is no it? no the 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 fight night commentator, yeah is it Brandon Murphy,
1: no that's not his last name but it's Brandon
0: I can't remember but they they basically were just ripping into her the whole time being like you need to start pressuring forward her corner was yelling at her you gotta start pressuring forward you gotta do something and she would she would land these punches in these exchanges she was the taller fighter she easily could have pressured and just never really felt like she put the car into drive it felt like she was stalling in second she would land some good exchanges and and i feel like the confidence really wasn't there for her to try and push for a finish and it was it was tough and and i think she had won rounds one and two um misha tate rallied with a big round three um round four bit of a toss-up i think i gave it to misha tate there so going into the last round you know, we're tied because Vieira just did not feel like putting any pressure on. Um, but then, I I don't know, in round five, maybe she started to listen a little bit more. Started attacking Misha Tate a little bit. Tate was looking for a takedown. Vieira did a pretty good job of stuffing those. And, and
1: by the end of the fight, you can you could tell who won. I mean, it was... It, it almost seems like the confidence might have been a little low. But, I mean, or maybe rounds three and four woke her up. And says, "Hey, I gotta go a little bit more here in the fifth if I'm gonna get the win." I'm sure her corner said, "Hey, we're two-two right now." When they after this, or on the stool after the fourth round, um, but I, I don't, I forgot where my brain was going with this. Basically, just I, I feel like the corner was just like, "Hey, like we need some urgency out of you. Give yeah, me something." No sense of urgency. Yeah, gotta go, gotta go take the win. No, they're not gonna give it to you. Well, some judges might, but. Yeah, the the judging is oh,
0: like we like like we always say we can do a whole podcast on on judging and why it's so messed up that they use a boxing system and that they have people in there that are judging fights who have never been in a, a mixed martial art
1: contest. Yeah, they've probably never done jujitsu or wrestling in their life, or let alone boxing. It's it's pretty stupid. But like we said, we can do a whole podcast on that. We won't get into that too much. But uh,
0: I guess moving forward, uh, Vieira, like we said, she looks solid. But I. I would be very – I would be upset if she got a title
1: challenge sooner than later based on that performance. Well, maybe – I remember what I was going to say. Beating Misha Tate is going to probably bump her confidence and get that notch in her belt and be able to, you know, think, oh, I am a a very good fighter. I'm very talented. I can beat Misha Tate. Now we go back to a drawing board and work and come up with a better game – maybe not a better game plan – But a different game plan that involves more pressuring for her next opponent. Get a win there. We don't know what happens after that.
0: Yeah, it just kind of feels... I mean, definitely the biggest feather in her cap by far. You know, Misha Tate is more than likely going to be in the Hall of Fame when she calls it quits, for sure. Um, You know, a pioneer in the women's division. But, I mean, this is also a Misha Tate who essentially was retired for five years. Yeah. And she's getting back into it. And and really, this kind of shows here, too, that Misha Tate's this snag in her comeback. I think if you were... If she were to win this fight and we were to try and push her to to challenge Nunez for a title, I think she would get beat worse than the first time.
1: Yeah. I mean, and Nunez has gotten better in, the, in how many times has she fought over the last five years while Misha was out.
0: Absolutely. And it, that, that... Her getting better is an understatement. I mean, she went from yeah. being a fighter who was just on the roster to someone who we pretty much unanimously can consider is the greatest women's fighter of all time. And it's, I, I don't understand how that's a debate, but again, we can, that's a different podcast. Well, that's not even my opinion. So, <laughs> so anyways, we'll get to some news before jumping into UFC Vegas 44. Uh, first things first, Dana White contracts COVID-19 he tested positive earlier this week. Um, says he's doing Probably fine strip clubs, <laughs> says he's doing fine right now. Uh, nothing really major, but since he did test positive, he won't be at the event to really... Uh, I mean, not him not being there in person,
1: it's got to be kind of weird. Yeah, it's, I wonder what he's going to feel when he's watching it on the couch. Or if he even watches it. <laughs> Maybe he's just going to not, not watch it. I don't know. I don't I mean, know if he I, I'm definitely... I, I'm excited for this card. Oh, me This will be
0: well. a good card. Um, we have a couple scratch fights. We can talk about that um, when we get into it a little bit more. Um, but... So uh, so on to some different news, Um, we talked about Kevin Lee last week, how he was popped for amphetamines by USADA, that's the drug testing company that is um, contracted by the UFC, Um, again six months for amphetamines, but now the UFC has just announced that they will release the former interim title challenger,
1: quite a fall from grace,
0: it's really tough to see, I mean Kevin Lee was obviously not very happy about this, but... I mean, it's it, it's enough. It's really unfortunate to see, um, you know, a guy who was so just so talented really never be able to put it together. He's kind of one of those what if kind of guys.
1: Yeah, yeah. Especially if you would have stayed at TriStar with Farah hobby So Which I'm assuming he will. Sorry, I'm assuming he will stay there. But if, if if he keeps fighting, it'll be with a different organization.
0: You got to imagine he's gonna sign in either Bellator or ONE or something like that.
1: Keep his career going. I mean, he's not that old. Um, but if he's a welterweight now. So if he goes to Bellator, Douglas Lima is waiting for him. And that's not a good matchup. <laughs> no. No. Um, so on to some other news. Jermaine, Demand,
0: Jermaine Durandamy, holy shit, was removed from the rankings due to inactivity. She wasn't cut from the UFC, but she was removed from the rankings. She hasn't fought in the entire calendar year of 2021. Her last fight was in November of 2020. Um she's kind of famous for you know winning the belt from holly holm and then not defending it from chris cyborg um kind of a weird situation going on there i i i've pretty much since then i haven't been a fan of hers so i don't really
1: care too much but um yeah i was never really a fan she knocked out holly holm or not she sorry she beat holly holm who i am a ultimate fan of (laughs) So I mean, you know, I can't like her after that. I mean, and, and the way that she beat
0: her too was a bit controversial. She punched her twice oh, yeah, after the whistle. I remember that. Yeah. Or after the horn, and, and the ref didn't want to take a point away. She won by one point. Really, just a complete shit show. Really. Um, so onto the rumor mill. Uh, Islam, Islam Makachev and Benil Daryush have been booked for a fight moving forward. We don't. I don't think we have a date set for that yet. But an exciting matchup here. We get to finally see Islam Makachev fight a guy within the top five of that lightweight division. And really, you can tell Dana is really pushing for this guy to move in. So is Habib. Holy shit. Yeah, I mean, some some... tampering.
1: (laughs) My God. Not that he's not deserving of this fight. He definitely should be fighting someone in the top five. And obviously, Habib is going to vouch for his brother. It was not really his brother, but you know growing up in dagestan together he's going to vouch for him it's a big step up i bet he's ready for it but benil daryush is no joke they, he's for real
0: yeah so he finally gets his opportunity to kind of get his name within that con- he's always been considered a contender and a guy who a lot of people consider a future champion, but now he's going to start going against guys who are really going to try, or who can really push him. Benil Daryush is known for being a very good BJJ practitioner, so this will be—I think this will be a very good fight. I, I still think Islam Makachev can will, will end up pulling it out, but this by far will be his toughest task. It'll be his biggest name um, that he has fought so far. Uh, so, did you did you see that picture of Cody Garbrandt? I did not. It's like. He has zero percent body fat. There's like a picture. It's a picture of him moving down from bantam weight into to, um, feather and flyweight, flyweight, fly, bantam, fly, 125. He went from 135 <laughs> yeah, to 125, uh, <laughs> and the dude is just like it, it. It he looks looks like an alien.
1: Yeah, shredded. Well, like so, I didn't see the picture, but would you say it was better? He looks better or worse? than when um, T.J. Dillashaw cut to 125.
0: See, the thing is, is like when T.J. Dillashaw did it, he looked like a zombie. Yeah. Cody Garbrandt looks like a bodybuilder.
1: Okay. Well, I mean, we've always known, and Cody's always had good uh, physical attributes, I'd say. I mean, he's never shredded at 135, but you have all also have to consider when Cody's fighting at 135, I believe he walks around at 145 jesus christ lee's showing me the picture now he, he doesn't look that much different but he looks in very good shape obviously going down to 125 um yeah i mean he walks around i i think at about 145 when he's fighting at 135 so it's not a, a hard cut but jumping that from 10 to 20 is totally different level i, I assume he's done something like this before but that that picture is crazy
0: also, another fight that has been scheduled for March 22nd is going to be a fight night um, and, and probably a title challenger fight. Um, Alexander Rakic will take on Jan Blachowicz. Um That's going to be a fun fight to watch. Just two guys in the light heavyweight division, so you're you, you probably going to end up seeing a finish in that. It's going to be a five-round fight. Two guys that like to throw hands. I just remembered that
1: Jan lost the title. <laughs> Yeah, I was gonna go Polish father still champion, yes, oh, but he's not the champion not anymore. Not champion. Yeah, um, but it could be a good bounce back fight for him too to get another title shot. Uh, but obviously we know Rakic, he's got he's twenty eight, twenty nine. Yeah, I think and, he's entering his prime. Yeah, he's entering his prime. He's a challenger right now as it is, but this one could elevate him to a title fight easily.
0: Oh, Oh, one hundred percent. I think if he beats winner, winner fights Kruger,
1: that that would make the most sense, really. Um, and, and uh, not to mention, 205 feels like really stagnant. I I don't feel like we're having a lot of fights with those guys in the top 10. No, I could be wrong, but I, it's like, I when was the last time? Tiago uh, Santos, you might be hurt. I can never remember. Um, Dominic Reyes, where's he? Um, he lost to Blahovic, yeah, but that was in 2020 in like the summer or September of 2020. So I I've just would love to see more activity out of these 205 guys. I could be wrong because I can't remember, but it just feels like none of them are fighting right now.
0: This was like uh, the light heavyweight division just really hasn't been the same since John Jones has left the division. I mean, the guy had all the drawing power for the division itself. All the title fights in recent memory have been free fights. You know, you haven't had to pay for a light heavyweight fight in a very, very long time. Um, it, it Yeah, it's just this... The pool at light heavyweight seems to be a bit thin at the moment. Um, hopefully, this will shake things up a little bit. It would be nice to see some uh, some younger guys maybe get a shot at the title.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: All right, so John Jones is back in fighting. How? He's doing a wrestling match, or he's doing a grappling match. Oh. <laughs> I didn't even read it. <laughs> it's so disappointing to see because, like, I, you read the headline, you're like, John Jones is back, and he's doing like a local
1: grappling match. Well, I'm. <sighs> I have very mixed feelings about John Jones, but I will say this I'm sure he's just trying to stay in shape or um, get used to moving in that new body of his now that he's probably 270s, put, put on 50 pounds. Yeah, 40, 50 pounds. So, I, you know, learning how to move and grapple um, at, at that weight against a bigger guy, which I'm assuming he's grappled with bigger guys anyway. I mean, he was probably the um, heavyweight's wrestling partner in college because he was the next biggest guy. But, yeah, I mean, it, it, he's probably just trying to stay in shape. But it is a little disappointing. You wish you'd be fighting against either Cyril Ghosn or Derrick Lewis maybe or even Francis if that worked out, or Stipe, I was forget about him.
0: Yeah, I mean that uh, we've been waiting for John Jones to finally make his heavyweight debut. It seems like it's not too far down the road. You you got to think of this as a good sign. Maybe a guy trying to get back into some kind of physical contact shape. You know, get the body used to um, any type of fighting. Uh, so maybe this is kind of like a stepping stone for him to use. I hope forward. it is. Um, pretty much on the same day that he announced that he was back. He scheduled a court date um, for a September
1: incident um, just after his... Oh, I thought the court date was on September 24th. I'm like, dude, that is so far away. <laughs> no,
0: the incident happened on September 24th. Yeah, my dumb brain. Um, a domestic battery was called in against John Jones. He allegedly um, battered a female companion he was with, resisted arrest, and also was being charged with felony damaging to a government vehicle allegedly Um, this was back when dana white was saying you know like this you got to get this guy out of vegas like just get him in let him fight
1: get him out like he just put put him on a private jet he leaves albuquerque an hour before the fight starts to all the fights the whole card he gets to vegas as the fight card starting get him warmed up get him ready to go and then there should literally be a law that John Jones is not allowed in the premise of Vegas unless he is fighting. And as soon as he's done fighting, you take him to the hospital and immediately from the hospital, police escort, get his ass back on that plane and back to Albuquerque. <laughs> Honestly, I mean the he's only lost to himself. The <laughs> yeah. dude beats himself. Yeah, and the referee against uh, Matt Hamill or Mark Yeah, yeah. he's still undefeated. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i've had my issues but at least i figured
0: it out a little bit by now (laughs) just i i just don't understand how a man is 34 years old and just can't figure it out i I mean I, i i feel bad for the guy in a way that like he just can't seem to pull himself together but yeah
1: not that i've ever been in his shoes but it is it there are low points i i feel like he has obviously he has more public low points in his life than most people um but, yeah, uh, the UFC's better with him. I mean, like him or love him or hate him, the UFC is more entertaining when Jon Jones is fighting. 100%. All right,
0: so we'll, we'll move on to something maybe a little bit happier, a little bit funnier. No oh God. Um, if you guys haven't been on any type of social media recently, there's this guy. I have no idea who he is, but he, he's, he runs this thing called the Detroit Urban Survival Training,
1: whatever. And it's... Mall he's going to get training. he's going to get someone killed. He's going to yeah. get someone killed. It almost looks like Steven Seagal doing Krav Maga. <laughs> it looks like he'll have like these guys like like pointing a gun at his head and he's like
0: like this guy's a fan or whatever like he has no association with the gym like if he like he's going to try and shoot me and I'm going to defend myself and he puts his finger in between the hammer and it, like the hammer and whatever whatever it is, the pin. On the gun, the firing pin and the hammer. Yeah. So like, I don't know. Like, I I don't even. I don't really know too much about guns, but I know if you do that, you're just gonna, it's gonna cut your finger.
1: Well, it's it's gonna go right through your finger. uh, If you put, I don't know what would happen. I'm not a huge gun guy, but I have (laughs) been around guns a lot. I've shot many guns and all that stuff. I don't know what would happen to be honest with you, but I'll tell you what, it ain't gonna fucking work. (laughs) It's not going to go the way you want to.
0: He's 100% going to get someone killed. And the yeah. the only reference I have to that is a story about Lonnie Smith um, practicing shooting his gun in his backyard because he was going to kill his GM when he was with the Atlanta Braves. Jesus. Um, yeah, wild story. You can look that one up. Shout out John Boy, pretty good. Um, if you guys haven't heard about that, it's a YouTube series. Anyways, so he was trying to shoot his gun in the backyard doing target practice, put his thumb on top of the hammer to shoot, pulled the trigger and sliced his thumb wide open, didn't end up shooting his GM because of that.
1: Yeah, I mean it's it, it, to my knowledge, it's still gonna go off. Um, I don't know the video you sent me to uh, rec- like right before I got here on Instagram. Oh, yeah, where he's he's uh, working harder than Steph Curry to get a wide open shot, <laughs> and it's like these dudes aren't even trying to get him. They it, it, it <sighs> he's gonna get someone killed. He's it, gonna get someone killed, or he's gonna have a heart attack. I mean, a man of his stature should not be running around that much. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, if, if you guys have a
0: chance, check out some of those videos. They've been all over the place. It's it's hilarious. <laughs> it is I, pretty funny. It is. And people are, like, commenting on, like, MMA Twitter and stuff like that. It's like, uh, someone leaked uh, Cyril Gan's plan or fight plan against Francis Ngannou. Well, that that <laughs> might be the case. But we'll, we'll see in, what, January? Yeah, that'll be the January card. Um, all right, so on to UFC 44, Font v. Aldo. Um, unlike last week, there is some money to be made here finally. It feels I like, like this one a lot. This is going to be, I think this is going to be a very entertaining card to go through. Um, something that you can definitely sit down and watch. It's going to be at a normal fight time. It's not. We're not going to be doing a noon fight. Um, I think that has a lot to do with Championship Sunday for
1: college football. Championship Saturday. Oops, Championship Saturday, excuse me. Well, well, we have a whole lot of gambling to do on Saturday, then.
0: So, yeah, I get to lose all my money before this even starts. Anyway, that's also true. <laughs> I don't well, want to more deposit, money. We're going to have to deposit money before the fight even starts. See, yeah, Yeah, thank God I get
1: paid tomorrow. Whole paycheck going on. Never mind. <laughs> Rob
0: Del- on, whole paycheck. <laughs> Del- I'm kidding.
1: Dylan, Del- send us uh, our allowances. Uh <laughs> Dude, okay so real quick before we get into it uh t- two weeks ago the last time we did this dylan's like hey man c- uh come over i'm like hey i'm like D- i'm busy i'm doing something um i'll be over when i'm done and i show up at his house at like 10 30 and it's it's the usual suspects dylan tommy and steve playing big buck hunter in the garage and dylan's like where the hell were you it's like oh, i was doing the uh the podcast with lee he's like you have a fucking podcast? What the fuck? What, why have I not been on it already? It's like, uh, because we just started it. We had Jason on it, but he's not going to be doing it. You know. You spilled the fucking beans, yeah, by wait, the way. It, it, Jason, listen to the tomorrow. Oh, Regardless. We'll talk about more of that later. Anyway, Dylan was very upset that he hasn't been on, <laughs> on our podcast yet. You know, he, he fucking,
0: he calf kicked me like three times Saturday for no reason. So I don't think he's coming on anymore. Saturday
1: or Wednesday? Saturday. We went, Saturday, yeah, Saturday. We went out to the bar. We went out to, uh, what, what, what's yeah, that for bar? Tommy called me. I said, nope. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We tried
0: calling you a couple times, but we, like, he just calf kicked me a couple times for no reason. I was like, all right. You should have gave him one right back. No. It's the only way he learns. No, because then he'll he'll, 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 he'll like punch me in the
1: face or something stupid. Oh, I, I think you could take him. I do have some, I, I think he's, I have some weight he, on him, but he's, I, he's got, like, he's one of those guys that's like. He's got about 30 seconds of the gas tank. <laughs> Do you think i have any better but maybe uh, 45 maybe yeah uh, <laughs> but like no he's one of those guys i feel like he's he not can, done he fighting can himself that's for
0: sure he's not done fighting until he's you have to knock him out cold
1: that's why I just put him in a rear naked he doesn't know how to wrestle
0: <laughs> that's true i guess but he, he's a strong motherfucker but
1: yes <laughs> surprisingly it's really weird <laughs>
0: it's that uh that lineman strength just hugging poles all day yeah. <laughs>
1: Your we'll we'll have them. to have him on and just let him uh, talk about lineman stuff for an hour and not tell anybody. <laughs> Mike. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, by the way, dude, this is the MMA podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, let me tell you about this transformer.
0: <laughs> you see that right there? It's, it's uh, coupled with the blah, blah, blah. It's like, uh, yeah. All joking
1: aside, I love that kid. Thanks for the steak sandwiches if you listen to this. Yeah,
0: oh, yeah, thanks for that brisket. Um, Ooh, slaps. Yeah, yeah. Slap that meat a couple times. Dylan can handle the meat. All right.
1: Yeah. Anyway, so (laughs) back to the
0: back to what the podcast is actually about. (laughs) (laughs)
1: This is gonna be a long one. We're at fifty minutes. We haven't gotten. We might have to run through this one. It's past my bedtime already. Oh fuck! Mike's kidding. kidding. (laughs) All right. So poop before I go to bed. Shut up. (laughs) I'm not going to say another word. Well, you have to. It's a
0: podcast. Never mind. Oh, my God. All right. So, first fight of the prelim, we are going to take. Um, we're going to take Luis Smoka defeating Vince Morales. Um, we actually found, I found a new line on DraftKings. Um, I'm not sure if all sports end up using this. It's called a double chance. So, it basically allows you to take for lesser odds a way of victory by two ways. instead, Two of the three ways that you can attain a victory. So we're going to take him, smoke a double chance by knockout or decision for plus 110 odds. Um, That's a very
1: convenient bet. Is it what you think, like a trap bet? No, no, like saying I like the the double chance. Like I like the concept of the bet. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, it's pretty cool. I mean, yeah. the only way we lose our money is if Morales wins or Luis Smolka wins by submission. Um, oh, I forgot about submissions. <laughs> otherwise, it would be a money line. Oh, no, yeah. So, that's kind of how that works. Uh, we, we're going to actually start looking for these a little bit more going forward because a lot of these fires, you can basically eliminate a certain way that they're going to win. I mean, Justin Gagey is never going to submit anyone. No,
1: I... I wholeheartedly believe he will never submit anyone <laughs> but that's what i love about him all right so Luis Smolka was thought highly enough to actually
0: be scheduled to face sean o'malley back in june of this year but he had to pull out due to an injury uh, both these guys are strikers um both of them sit around four four and a half strikes a minute um but smoka really the difference for me is that he just has more power he has more knockouts in his record um i think morales has uh, you know enough uh, I, I, Morales really has just—he's been a guy who goes to decision quite a bit, yeah. and I'm kind of betting more on the knockout. But I—if you look at the world rankings, you know Vince or Louis Smolka is ranked higher. Um, he's a guy who is thought of as a, a bit of a better prospect by the UFC. So, really, I I feel this one's pretty safe here. You could take the double chance. Again, plus 110 odds. You can make some money right off the card, and we'll get it going with a quick win. Do you know what the money line is on this one? I don't have the money lines. They're both minus. It's basically a a pick-em-fight from what I remember. I think it's like a 115-105 type of a deal in favor of uh, Smolka. So, slight favorite on the betting odds. Um, but I, I really think that smoke is going to be able to, to handle
1: uh, Morales. Yeah, I, I got Smoker winning too. I, I'll, I'll look at the odds again on Saturday, but I'll probably... If Barstool doesn't have double chance, I'm going to have to go with just money line or Knockout. Yeah, you can feel pretty safe
0: with either of those. If you want to go Knockout on that one, um, I mean, you you might have to sprinkle a little bit more uh, instead of putting a full unit on it. But again, that's aggr- it's really up to you how aggressive you want to be here. Um, next fight... We're going to look at is Amazad Mirzakhanov.
1: Azamat. I
0: thought thought we had. Azamat Mirzakhanov.
1: I was just going to call him Azza. No. (laughs) Azamat. Mirzakhanov takes on Jared Vendera. You know, we got to start listening to these commentators. Yeah, but like like I. About their pronunciation. Some of these guys I don't
0: even know. Like, I've never even heard of them.
1: Yeah, but I'm saying like for the next time. Yeah. Yeah, maybe start writing down like phonetic stuff because we just, we just fuck these guys' names oh, yeah. up. We can't even enjoy the fights. I'm not saying that we don't. I'm saying like eventually, maybe. We're just <laughs> writing down pronunciation from John uh, Annick. Taking <laughs> notes,
0: like a fucking homework assignment. But yeah, we, we took Merzikanov's knockout uh, prop for plus 110. Not really the greatest odds here, but he is 10-0 and 0 with seven knockouts um, in his professional... Uh, career. This is heavyweight, right? This is a heavyweight yeah. battle. Uh, I remember now. Really, the only advantage that Vendura has is he's the bigger man. Um, can move pretty well, but really has not done very good job staying on his feet. Um, Amzad has done a pretty good job of wrestling and being able to get on top of his opponents and really kind of impose his will. Um, but I mean, Vendura has been knocked out twice. He has six losses in his in his career. Two of them have been knockouts. I'm looking at it here. The, I think the, pro, the young prospect is going to finish. He's going to improve to 11-0 with a knockout over Vendura. Um Again, this is a plus 110 uh, bet that we have.
1: I think it's Kanav. Why'd you say it like that? I don't know, man. It's Merzakhanov. He's Italian. He's no. not Italian. He's sorry, Russian. Russia. No, sorry, Russia. He's Italian, though. No. Chicho, yeah. Stop that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right. So next fight we have Chris. <laughs> God. Chris Gruzmacher takes on Claudio Pueyes. Um, I mean, I have Grussmacher here on a money line at a minus 110. This is basically a pick and fight. I think Pueyes is favored slightly here. He's looking more at like a minus 120, minus 115. I think the only reason for that is because he's a bit younger. He's a bit higher up in the rankings in the UFC. But uh, when you kind of look at his previous performances against guys who are similar to uh, Grussmacher, I mean, it doesn't. His, a lot of his victories don't really hold a bunch of weight to it. It, it. You know, for lack of a better term, Poyas has kind of fought a lot of tomato cans. I mean... Yeah. It, it, and if you don't know what that is, it's basically a guy they just throw in there. You hit him a couple of times, he busts open like a tomato can. and starts bleeding. Yeah, basically putting us in there. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so... I mean, Grutzmacher is a pretty strong wrestler. He's got really good hands, likes to pressure a lot, and he did better. He did. He, he beat a better wrestler than this guy in Rafa Garcia. Looks really good doing it, too. Like I said, he's he as long as he puts Pueyes on the back foot, I don't see any reason why Grutzmacher shouldn't be able to pull out this victory here. It wasn't too decisive on how he was going to do it. His knockouts and decisions are split pretty evenly if you look at his uh, Sherdog page, but Either way, I think Groot gets it done.
1: Mm-hmm. I'm with you on that one. What insight. That was beautiful, Mike. Thank you. <laughs> Sorry. I'm a little behind today. A little?
0: I tell this motherfucker, 7 o'clock. He's been working from a wall fucking day. He had nothing to do. He shows up at my house at 7
1: fucking 30. Well, I didn't get off till 5.30. I went for a run, took a poop, went and got my jean jacket. So, all things considered... I think I'm pretty good. You texted me, I'm close, like 20 minutes away. Yeah, that's true. No, I said 20 minutes, and I showed up 30 minutes. Oh, my God. Yeah, but you said, I'm close, and then it took another 20 minutes. And it's a busy time of year right now, Lisa. Okay? <laughs> I I will be better. <laughs> Ridiculous.
0: And then he's complaining that it's past his bedtime.
1: Yeah, but I blame work for that and my own bowels.
0: Are we talking about poop right now?
1: Yeah, Ryan Cheater food. <laughs> All right, on to the next two. Yeah, next fight. Um,
0: we have Cheyenne Bays taking on Mallory Martin. Uh, if you guys aren't aware, Cheyenne Bays was actually mentioned in our previous podcast. Uh, she had to withdraw from her fight with uh, Luma Luke Moonby, and that's when Lupi Godina stepped in. Uh, she stepped in for uh, buys who also goes by her surname. Uh Vlismas, I believe is how you say it. Anyways, if you look on certain certain odds books have her as either Cheyenne buys or Cheyenne Vleismus. So just be careful when you're you're replacing your bets. But we took uh Cheyenne buys by knockout. I, I really like her ability to finish fights. She shoot she showed it last time in her knockout kit, head kick. Um I loved that head kick too. It was pretty cool. I mean it was a performance of the night. It, it really kind of stole the show. Really cool knockout. Um, Martin has shown some pretty striking, pretty decent striking ability, but does have some defensive weaknesses in the in the striking game. Um, so you, you would think that Martin may try to drag this fight to the ground. I think Cheyenne Baez's grappling was really solid in the contender series when she was with originally, she originally was with Extreme Couture, left the gym to go somewhere else. During that fight, her debut in the UFC, she switched to the, the, the other gym, and was just getting absolutely controlled in, in the clinch on the ground. And uh, and I guess it was some really strange corner advice. So she ended up leaving, goes back to extreme couture and again, secures that knockout head kick. So I would assume now that these, these problems have been fixed with her switching camps. Um, I don't see Mallory, um, Martin being that good of a grappler to the point where she's going to give her that much trouble. She's more of a striker. I think Shan Baez is a better striker here. So you can look for the knockout here. Um, or you can also look if you want you could take buys and as part of a parlay using her money line yeah
1: and i I mean now that bias is back at extreme couture i I expect her to be she's been back but saying jeez it's her being back in a very 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 solid camp being able to train with all the monsters that are there i can't imagine she's gonna have any problem with her defensive weaknesses anymore Maybe against the higher level opponents, but she's got to get a win. She's riding riding high after that performance of the night. She knows what she's got to do. She'll go put in the work and get the knockout, hopefully, for us.
0: And if you guys weren't aware, Extreme Couture is a wrestling-based gym. Uh, Randy Couture is the head of that. The former UFC heavyweight champion
1: and light heavyweight, and light heavyweight at the age of like forty something. No, heavyweight was like forty when he beat the, uh, Tim. Yeah. I believe it was Tim, Tim Sylvia, Sylvia yeah. rescued the heavyweight division. Yeah, uh, but yeah, and Dude, hot, that man is such a savage. Growing up, that my dad was like, you got to be like this guy,
0: American Randy hero. the Natural Couture, American hero. But anyways, yeah, just a D1 wrestler, so um, you can you can think that her ground game will be much much better moving forward. Um, to the next one that we took, Brian Barbarana will take on Darian Weeks. Not much is known about Darian Weeks. We've seen Brian Barbarana fight before. He's the, he's, he's a pretty big dude, um, at the light heavyweight division. The only thing that really Weeks can bring to the table is that he is a bigger man. He does have a reach advantage, but really not much is known about him. He's 5-0 in the Missouri-Kansas City regionals where he hasn't really fought any big names before, um, barbara is a proven veteran, a guy who's been in the UFC for quite some time. I believe he is, I think he's like ten fights into his UFC career or something like that. Yeah. He stuck around for some good time, and and really you don't stick around in the UFC without having some pretty good credentials. Um, I I don't know, like we said, we don't know much about darren Weeks, but I I'm gonna stick with Brian Barberano's money line here at minus one fifteen. He is a slight favorite. Um, I think that's also just because oddmakers really don't know how to score yeah, this. Yeah,
1: he's been in the UFC since it seems like 2014. So he's been in there a while. He he knows the song and dance. He's a seasoned veteran. Uh, he's got some significant losses on here, but to like huge names. Uh, Colby Covington, Leon Edwards, Vicente Luque, all challengers. He's coming off a loss right now. But, I mean, with the experience that he has, I, I imagine he's going to put it to him and get the W yeah this fight was originally booked for
0: the main card it was shuffled around after some late scratches that earlier this week so um, we we originally just kind of threw a pick on this to be honest with you I like I said wasn't able to do much research on weeks uh, I'm gonna stick with Brian Barbera in a money line but I mean take that for what you will because we don't
1: know much about weeks it, it could very no, quickly yeah. he, flip. he could surprise us so uh, do, does he train at um, I, I don't know this he might not either if I can find the thing. Uh, what's that camp in Saint Louis? I don't even know there's a camp in Saint Louis. Um somewhere. God. It's James James Krause's place. I don't remember the name of it, but if he if he's at James Krause's gym, he's probably ready to go. But if he's not, and which we don't know, I gotta imagine is gonna get the W.
0: Anyways, I, I, I mean if you want you can you, you, you might just throw some money on Barbara and his money line. I'm probably not going to touch this fight, really. Um, just so we we had the pick put on here just because he was on the main card originally, but uh, I'm probably just going to leave this one alone. Yeah. Okay, so the next fight, um, Jake Matthews will take on Jeremiah Wells. Uh, Jake Matthews, uh, w- I have him winning by decision here, at plus at 130 odds. Uh, Jake Matthews is a much more technical fighter uh as opposed to wells who kind of relies on um you know brawling
1: explosiveness just
0: explosive exchanges really gets in your face likes to pressure early and often uh, but that pace really is just not sustainable for him if you look at some of his previous fights his, his last fight his only fight in the ufc was a very quick knockout win in the second round really just pressured his opponent into kind of dealing with it but i think jake matthews is far just
1: too technical to really be putting to putting himself into such a bad situation yeah and he's he's got better wrestling too from what i can tell he's gonna he should mix in those takedowns to use them to his advantage absolutely jeremiah wells is a hundred percent he has a hundred percent takedown defense in the
0: ufc through one fight though and this is this was also a guy who couldn't handle his pressure like i said i think jake matthews is far ahead of um wells on the feet Far more technical, you know, a guy, a wild man who's just gonna start swinging wildly. Like we said earlier in the podcast, the best way to kind of beat these guys is to be real technical, be smart with it, kind of pick your opponent apart. So Weather I think this storm. Will, I think this will go the distance. He's gonna gas him out, just pick him apart, one punch at a time, one exchange at a time. Get it in the pocket, get out. Um. So then that was that. That was the last fight on the prelims. Moving into the main card, uh, first fight of the of the main card will be Alex Murano will take on Mickey Gall. Uh, Mickey Gall has been around for quite some time; it's kind of a name that we we recognize from the
1: past. Um, His last fight was against Mike Perry, wasn't it? I believe so. Double check right now. Go ahead. Anyway, so um, I,
0: I Alex Morano is a very heavy favorite if you look at the money lines here. Kind of one of those one of these picks where. You say, all right, you could take the money line, feel pretty confident about that um, That Alex Morano is going to win. Um, but if you want, we can try and make some more money out of it. I think Alex Murano is going to win by decision. Uh, the reason I say that, uh, all but one of Mickey Gall's wins have been off a rear naked choke. Uh, Alex Morano has done a very good job. He has he only has okay takedown defense i don't i didn't write down the number but if you watch a lot of his fights he doesn't stay down very long
1: no and from what i remember uh the last time i watched him fight against cowboy his pace was just so solid and actually sustainable just sustainable you know when you can put on a pace a pace on guys and they can't hang with you but you're not gassing yourself out entirely it's so hard to match
0: yeah, and Mickey Gall is obviously going to try and look to bring this fight to the ground, try and drag him down and take his back. But when you, if you're constantly having to take guys down and they just pop right back up, and you keep doing it over and over again, it's it's a great way to gas yourself out.
1: Yeah, for both of them. But still, it it's also demoralizing every time you take someone down and they just get up on their own. I think it requires far more. It requires far more effort
0: to try and take someone down as opposed to defending a takedown.
1: Eh. It 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 really depends on the situation. It if you're, I'll just go off this on like wrestling experience. If I mean you could have the cleanest setup in the world and it's like cut and butter, but then you go try to force something, you might as well just give up and let them take you down. And but that's not what you do. Regardless, it really depends on the situation, the situational wrestling at hand. I don't know what it's like to wrestle in a cage so I imagine it's just exhausting either way but I will also say it it's also different too because in wrestling you're never trying to get up from off your back you're trying to get up off a base position pretty much um it was always harder to get up than it was to oh, geez what put am someone I, down it was so yeah I mean I didn't have the best takedown defense in high school so I was always trying to be the one to get the takedown, which is why I'll speak for the situational, um, because every time I would just try to get, not get taken down and shoot a shitty shot or a shitty setup, and it would just bite me in the ass and so be like, all right, well, now I have to get back up anyway. You know, I, And that would always took more out of me than if I actually took my time, either defended it well with good technique or set up my shot better and took him down. It's just all situational for me.
0: I mean, just just based on like my uh, the small amount of jujitsu I've done, I, I've got, for me I've noticed failed takedowns are, are extremely expensive when it comes to energy, especially if you're doing it over and over again. This guy keeps stuffing you. And definitely for that, because you can get
1: choked out if you have a bad takedown in jujitsu.
0: Yeah, absolutely. But anyways, I, I really think that um, you know Alex Morano will be able to keep the fight standing where he's going to have a clear advantage, and he's just going to be able to pick him apart and goes to decision. Take Alex Brown by decision at plus one hundred.
1: So for oh, the next, he the underdog. That makes no sense. He's not the
0: underdog. It's by decision. Oh, Jesus! Method. I can't you read.
1: <laughs> you could tell Mike did a lot of research for this. No, it's not that. It's that too. <laughs> <laughs> I said it's busy at work, man. And I'll tell you what. All I don't know about you, but all last week is I'm still thrown off. Like I can't go to bed before two in the morning right now showing up late to work and all this uh, it's it's it's, i'm a mess right now yeah me too uh so anyways
0: next fight we have chris curtis uh taking on brandon allen um chris curtis has beaten odds makers before he is his money line sitting at plus 270 weirdly enough i kind of like it i like his money line he's a huge underdog um allen is a i will admit he is a better all-around fighter um, Chris Curtis has just been kind of a guy who will just kind of try and stand and bang. He's, but he's not crazy aggressive with it. Um, For me, really, it, if you want to look at this fight, it, I think it'll come down to who's going to win these exchanges, who's going to lead the dance, and who's going to do better in the
1: pocket. Um, yeah, I mean, and Allen's got size on him too, you, and not that that's everything, but it is sometimes everything. You got six two against five ten. It Looks like that reach is going to be ridiculous to deal with. Yeah,
0: this fight is to get into the top 15 in the light heavyweight division. Um, um Chris Curtis Curtis
1: has a longer reach. <laughs> oh man, 75 and a half to 75. This is why we need the uh, the, the research team. Yeah, where's Alex? Playing he's, hockey? A,
0: he's unboxing his new Xbox, that's why he couldn't be here. <sighs> anyways Chris Curtis is known to be a very good counter puncher a guy who is very smart with his hands uh Ellen does have a tendency to sit too long uh in the pocket and either kind of not do too much or he will he has a tendency in what we call admiring your work so that's when you land an exchange and then you just stand there and you don't finish you don't follow up you don't damn either... look at what
1: i just did yeah
0: <laughs> it, it, it's not so much like oh like look what i just did but it's more of like you you landed you landed you finished your combo in your head but then you don't have a plan you don't have an exit strategy yeah, you or you next... don't have you don't have a next punch to follow up or a next yeah. strike to follow up with or if you want to follow up with a takedown it's more of like you're like a deer in the headlights yeah you, you just didn't think that far in advance
1: But um, uh i'll go back to wrestling it's like chain wrestling yeah. it comes natural to you you always know what your next move is subconsciously, depending on the situation you're in. And if you just stop, you're gonna either get taken down, turned, or whatever happens. You can't just sit and stare. Never stop.
0: Yeah, so I mean, admiring your work in it's boxing trash. terms is—it's—it's it's definitely a good way to get yourself knocked out off of a guy who's really good at counter-punching. So, he has you know, got power. Yeah, and if I were you guys, really, I mean, you can look at Chris Curtis, sprinkle this money line at plus 270. You don't have to wager too much to try and make a profit on this, but of course, you want to throw a unit on it, go for it. Be my guest,
1: but that's
0: my pick for this fight.
1: Yeah, I'm going to have to go with you on this one, too. I don't know what it is, but I I have a feeling he's going to get the win with Chris Curtis. Some long odds, though, so be wary of this. Yeah, be wary. All right, Jason, no bitching if we get it wrong. He's going to. Yeah, I know. (laughs) So,
0: uh next fight, Clay Guida, a Chicago legend, or well, Chicago ish legend, uh, will take on Leonardo Santos. Both these guys are well past their primes. Uh, Clay Guida, believe it or not, is the younger guy. What? <laughs> yeah. Leonardo Santos is forty one years old.
1: How is he still alive?
0: I don't know. He's 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 the much taller guy, a little bit longer. Um but that's never really been that big of an issue for He's Clay Guida. longer. Yeah, never He's... really been that big of an issue for Clay Guida. Clay Guida likes to get in oh, guys' yeah. faces, He's likes the pressure, and he has cardio for days. I mean, I think for me, that's that's the whole pick for me is taking Guida's money line at plus one sixty because Clay Guida's ability to just keep marching forward, keep applying pressure, uses wrestling heavy uh, background to keep either keep the fight standing and throw hands with a guy, or to be able to take down. Uh, I don't think he's going to go for a takedown here against Santos, who does have an 89% takedown defense in his UFC career. So when it goes to the ground, it tends to be on Santos' terms. I think that's kind of why uh, Guida is the underdog here. But for Clay Guida to win this fight, he really needs to keep this one standing, needs to make sure he gets inside, make sure he pressures him, cuts off the cage, makes it really uncomfortable
1: for Santos to try and he's, operate. He's got to make it messy. He's got to make Santos' fight sloppy.
0: He basically has to turn this into a bar fight.
1: Yeah. Is what Which I is. have a feeling he's been in a few.
0: Absolutely. He looks like the type of guy who does it. If you guys haven't seen these clips of Clay Guida in the corner, he just burps. You was just heard him belch in the corner. No, I haven't. But he I just know like, his
1: brother's gonna slap the shit out of him before <laughs> he, he steps in the when cage. When he walks in the cage, he just starts slapping him like this guy. That's that's the old wrestler thing. My coach used to slap me in the face before every match. He used to piss me off so much. Dude just looks like a caveman. He does. He he is in the. He definitely has Neanderthal DNA. One hundred percent. But I mean, Clay
0: Guida's. He's he's done a good job in his recent fights. He's looked. Even though he's, his last fight was a loss to Mark Madsen, he, he basically took the prospect into a 15-minute war where he looked pretty good for a guy who's, who, who's been been around the block quite a few times. Yeah. Um, Especially with the wars he's been in, too. I, I'm thinking this one's going to be a pretty decent fight. i um, not sure what we're going to get out of Clay Guida because he, uh, he does have an issue with getting knocked out, I will say that.
1: Well, yeah, that's, that kind of comes with the territory of being reckless. Uh, and fighting the way that he does. Uh, but still, at the same time, I feel like he still has a chin. Yeah, you kind of yeah. have to with, if you're just going to keep marching yeah. forward.
0: So if Clay Guida can turn this one into a bar fight, I like him. I'm taking his money line at plus 160 as an underdog. Uh, one fight before the co event, Jimmy Croot will take on Jamal Hill. Uh, both of these guys coming off of really gruesome injuries in their last fights, um, taking some time off. Uh, Jimmy Crute's last fight was against, uh, Anthony oh, Smith. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Snapped his arm in half. That was gross. And then Jamal Hill was just kind of, it wasn't like one incident. I thought it was the knee. Was it the knee? Yeah, he, oh, some, no, 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 it was, Jamal Hill was put into an arm bar. Oh, yeah, 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 against, fight.
1: um, uh, Paul, Paul Craig. Yep. Okay, okay, I got the two mixed up. And then
0: Jimmy Crute was put into a, a knee, or he, no, no he put, kicked, no, he, he kicked, kicked him, Smith. and it was, yeah. it was, and Jimmy's, his
1: knee gave out. That's what it was.
0: It was gross. Anyways, yeah. it was like his knee moved. That was in that fight with uh, Chris Weidman.
1: Yeah, it was the opener of the main card, and then the next one was Weidman, and uh, Weidman broke his leg. And everyone was just like, "What the fuck just happened?" Yeah. And then Rose Yunus
0: kicked the shit out of Whaley. And anyways, it, that, that, whole night was just people, that whole night was just people just falling over, just like in, in either in pain or completely unconscious. Yeah, it it
1: really. It pinched your sphincter on that on that fight card every time someone would throw a kick or a punch you're like e, come on no, no 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 in the words of Michael O'Malley no more feet
0: I'm tired of seeing people's shin snaps but uh, <laughs> anyways
1: so that was funny when he said that
0: yeah my this this has to be as far as money lines go my favorite pick for the fight or for the card I think Jimmy Crute has this one um, I, I feel very confident in Jimmy Crute's money line here, but it's
1: only a minus 160. So yeah. really, if you want to look um, for Crute, Jimmy Crute's... Crute's so solid, too. I mean, I feel like he's underrated. Um, mostly maybe because his last fight, he didn't really get a chance to go, obviously, through the whole thing with Anthony Smith. We, I don't know who would have won that fight. I don't remember too much from it. But make no mistake, Jimmy Crute, solid technician. He's a great grappler as well.
0: Yeah, like Mike said, he was—he's a very good all-around fighter. A guy who has won just as many times by knockout as he has done submissions. Um, not too many decisions, but he, he's up there with that too. He's got a very nice even spread across mm-hmm. his wins. He's just a so, good all-around. And I like
1: his um, uh, his tattoo—the um, oh, the his, Earth uh, Nation. Yeah. <laughs> from Avatar. Hell yeah. So he looks like he'd be in the Earth Nation.
0: Yeah. Is it? Jamal Hill is 8-1 and one in his career. His only loss was to, uh, was in his previous fight. Um, but, you know, I, I, he is the longer fighter. I do think that he's going to try and keep this fight at a distance, not let Jimmy Crute get inside, and not let Jimmy Crute give him an opportunity to take him down. Yeah, yeah but if Crute takes him
1: down, it's it's kind of all she wrote. I, I think don't know so, what too. his ground defense looks like, but Paul Craig busted him. I know Jimmy Crute. I feel like Jimmy Crute's better.
0: Absolutely, Jimmy Crude's advantage is 100% in the wrestling and jujitsu. So I can I see a lot of value here in Jimmy Crude to win by submission at plus 240. Again, this picking submissions is very tough to do. Um, I mean, really, some guys just kind of throw them up and they work. Sometimes they get them into a spot. Like if you want to, if you want to talk about a guy who. You know, you would feel good about betting to win by submission, like Brian Ortega against Alexander Volkanovski. He had him multiple times in a submission, and and Volkanovski kept popping his head out. So maybe Hill's just one of those guys who can just, you know, wiggle his way out of trouble. Um, But for me, the safest bet here, Jimmy Crute, money line at minus 160. I feel like this could be a nice parlay piece if you want to throw a good Mm. amount of money on Jimmy Crute to just straight up win on his money line. You won't get the greatest return out of it, but I still think that this is a fairly, uh, th- this is a fairly safe bet to make. If you want to go aggressive with it, Jimmy Crute by submission, just because he does have six of them in his career.
1: Yeah, now just going through the card. There's only one female fight on this card.
0: Oh yeah, Shine buys. Yeah. Huh. All right. So, anyways. <laughs> Going into the co-main event, Rafael Fisa versus Brad Riddell. Um, for me, this is this is a toss-up. I I I know we said that we would always have a pick for the main card, all the fights throughout. For me, this is the first time I've truly been stumped because well, Riddell's drink beer drinking ability puts him ahead, so I'm gonna go with him. <laughs> I don't hate either. of The I don't hate e- if you were to if you were to tell me. Either one of these guys, and give and the explanation that I have for both of them, they both work.
1: Yeah. But I, I'm looking at this. I noticed this earlier. This is the one I looked at because you mentioned it. Uh, they're both on win streaks right now, but mm mm-hmm. Mhm. His last loss is a. Uh, uh, his last loss. I don't know how to say this guy's name. Is uh, also fight Riddell and Riddell won. This was also in Faizov's
0: promotional debut, and he hasn't lost since. I mean, for me, like your promotional debut, like I think people put way too much stock into it. You know, it's it's cool to get to start off your career with a win, um, but uh, I don't know. I think Faizov is so good. He he's so good at his takedown defense. He has a hundred percent takedown defense in his UFC career.
1: Well, that's it. That. Across uh, how many fights was across the former Iron Curtain? Five fights. You're gonna have wrestling from Kyrgyzstan.
0: I mean, he's so good with it, and, and Faizov has been very good at starting out fights. He's got very good hands. He does have better hands than Riddell does.
1: Um, but and They're both technically strikers, but, I mean, at, the, at that point, we don't know what to expect. Like yeah. you said, it's a fucking toss-up.
0: I mean, Faizov does have an advantage on the feet, I think. Um, slightly better kickboxer
1: than Riddell. Well, I did notice this earlier. Riddell, it comes from city kickboxing. Mm-hmm. Eugene Berryman is going to have him ready to go. They're going to have a strategy. Not that I think that's going to make him win. But if I'm going to trust one camp it's uh, outside of the ones in the U.S., it's got to be that one. I mean, yeah. that, that's a fantastic camp. They'll have him ready to go. But uh, still, like we keep saying, I have no idea. It's I can't give myself a reason to put money on either of them right now. Yeah, neither can I. And and really Fazo's
0: big issue has been he fades down the stretch. You know, in these in these that that his only loss, you can see him kind of start to gas out and at the end of the second round and, and throughout the third round, he really was just not able to get anything going and that's really what cost him that fight. Um on on the other hand, Brad Riddle seems like a slow starter. He's a guy who likes to get the, you know he he gets the train moving quite slowly, but once he gets going, he starts to take over at the end of these fights. I mean, I mean if you look at his last fight, um, I can't remember who he faced. It was in a it was in a, uh, a pay per view card. I'm pretty Drew sure. Drew Dober. Oh no, it was on Fight Night. But I mean, Drew Dober really was able uh, to. Aresania Vittori. That's what it was. That's, it what was, it was. In That's what it was. Yeah. So yeah, I, I mean w- that last fight, Drew Dober was winning that first round, and I remember betting on Drew Dober actually. Uh, oh, yeah, I remember this fight now. So, yeah, yeah, I felt pretty good about it, and
1: then all of a sudden... You right, won two and three. like yeah, Riddell won two yeah. and three very easily. Oh, took... we could see the same thing happen Saturday. Absolutely, and it just... Or we could just see Fiza fuck him up. <laughs>
0: yeah, like I said, I, I have nothing for this. Yeah. But you, you favor Riddell?
1: I do. Because he can drink beer. I also trust his camp. I, there's something about that camp. They, they always have their guys ready to go. All
0: right, well... If if uh, if you you know if you feel so inclined, take Brad Riddell. He is the underdog here, a very slight underdog. He has plus money over FISA. Um but you know, like we said, this is this is kind of a toss up for us. Uh, into the main event, we have Jose Aldo taking on Rob Font. This is the first time I think you and me have wholeheartedly just disagreed on
1: something. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, this will be kind of cool to kind of debate, I think. Uh, I, I mean, another very close fight on paper, I will say. I This is another one where you can look at and say, okay, this can definitely go either way, mm-hmm. depending on how these guys want to fight. I think, for me, the key for th- this fight is, is going to come down to a boxer and a kickboxer.
1: Yeah. You know,
0: Rob Font has much better hands. Yeah. And. But, Jose
1: Aldo's kicks are fucking lethal.
0: They really are. And, and him... For me, it. For me, Aldo's needs to manage his distance. He needs to make this. He, he needs to put Font on the back foot. He needs yeah. to cut the cage off. He, he needs can't to make let sure. Font
1: use his jab. No, can't let Font use that jab, and, and he needs to be able to use that leg kick. Yeah, he's got it. He's got to get those leg kicks going early if he wants to win. I think, uh, because if, if he gets those legs beat up. If he gets Font's legs beat up, he's not going to be able to come forward with the jab as much as he wants. Won't we'll be and able,
0: I, you know, he won't be able to sit down on any of those punches either. Yeah. I mean, the you know, we kind of look at those leg kicks, especially you know guys that don't necessarily watch too much, and you you those are those are that's putting money in the bank for me, you know, because when you get kicked in the le- when you get kicked in the calf, there's nowhere for that swelling to go. It just pools. It just yeah. sits there.
1: But uh, to my memory right now, I feel like Aldo's always favored the um, an upper leg kick, or I forget what we call them, over, over a calf kick. It's like that inside knee to thigh area. Yeah, he has been going on the outside of the leg. I mean, obviously we've seen him basically cripple Uriah Faber with it. That was disgusting. Oh, yeah. That was brutal. If you guys
0: need any proof, just Google Uriah Faber leg versus Aldo, oh, and man. it's his whole thigh is just
1: purple. It's and
0: swollen, and it is gross. it's gross.
1: You say you want to be a fighter, huh? <laughs> Look at that shit.
0: It's, it's absolutely disgusting. But, I, I mean, the devil's avocado to myself. Rob Font, if he is able to kind of get the pay, dictating that pace, being able to manage that distance better than Jose Aldo can, using that jab, using that length that he has, and be able to snap that jab off with quickness he has – I mean jose aldo has at times abandoned that leg kick for some reason yeah i'm not sure why but if he does so choose to do that in this fight there could be an issue for yeah.
1: him and i'll say it to contradict my own self as well um although they've ever since aldo lost to jan in that interim title fight was it interim yep yeah the interim title fight they've been building back backup he fought chido vera who's very solid but in my opinion, not on the same level as Aldo yet. You know, nice little build-up, bounce-back fight, and then he fights Pedro Munoz and gets a win. I mean, Precisely. Pedro Munoz is, is a former title challenger, I believe, or at least he was up in there he in was, the top five. Yeah, he's he's yeah, he's a he's a, a well seasoned veteran. I mean, Aldo's only what thirty three. Yeah, and Jose yeah.
0: and Jose Aldo looked so good doing that. He beat his yeah. own. He beat his striking record. By about 20 strikes in a three-round fight, and his previous record was set in a five-round. I believe yeah. it was, his previous record was 105, and he, he I think he connected with like 130 strikes yeah. against I mean,
1: both, Munoz. Let's be honest, both these guys are riding really high right now. They both look fantastic in the last couple fights they've had. They've both been fighting bigger names. Yeah. As they always have, I should say. But, jeez. This bantamweight division is awesome. I love it. They just need the fucking champ to come back. Yeah. Yeah. Which, I mean, the injury, but we're not going to touch on
0: that. I mean, you have to think, though, too, is that this fight has to, it's probably going to lead into either a title challenge or a fight to challenge for the title or potentially, you know. Well, the winner could fight
1: Jan. Yeah,
0: or or yeah, depending on. He does have the interim belt, so maybe a fight for the, a second fight for the interim belt, and then Mm -hmm. whenever Joe's ready to come back and
1: unite the, or or because I I don't know I feel like Jan will take a fight if he gets a fight, but if I was him I, I don't know. But if I was him I'd probably sit and wait, because I feel like Aldo's close. He's I feel like in the next in the first half of next year, they'll unify that. Maybe the winner fights Corey Sandhagen or T J Dillashaw. There's so many possibilities in this division. That's why I love this division. It's (laughs) It's so much fun. So much fun. I I mean, just high level, just just killing each other. (laughs) High
0: level stuff here. I mean, these guys are like five, six, five, seven. I mean, a couple years ago, these guys were thought of as
1: really just boring fights. Like, yeah. Well, Dominic Cruz was dominate the division. Nobody wanted to watch it.
0: (laughs) Yeah, but now this is this has become quite a uh, quite a division to to watch. Um, So I am going to take Jose Aldo money line at plus one thirty and you disagree.
1: I'm going to take Font. I, just, I don't know why. I just feel like he's riding way too high right now. He looks so solid against Marlon Moraes and Cody Garbrandt that I just... i Obviously, Aldo has a shot, but I just feel like Rob's going to shut him down.
0: Yeah, for me, this feels a lot like the last fight. I just feel a little bit better about Jose Aldo's pedigree. He's been in these big fights before. Not that That's Rob true. Font hasn't. That's true. Um, but really, for me, Jose Aldo is arguably
1: one of the best bantamweights of all time and I think he's well, going to show that he's, again. You could say he's the best featherweight of all time. I mean he had that boat for like what 10 years? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so he's one arguably one of the top 10 of all time and like we said earlier he's only 33. Like everyone thinks this guy's like 40. He's been around for so long. <laughs> yeah he's been around forever. Yeah I mean for me this pick is has a lot of value
0: in it just because he is the underdog and it's such a close fight. Um, You know, a lot of experts are picking Font for this, so maybe uh maybe Mike does have a bit of an advantage here. Jose Aldo does have uh, a limit on his gas tank that has been proven in the past that yeah he, he it's five
1: rounder is it's yeah. going to be a
0: five rounder. So in this championship rounds, Jose Aldo has struggled in the past, yeah. but I think if he's able to lead the dance, he should win this fight.
1: Yeah, it's going to be a fun one. I'm very excited for this one. So am I, I and think I'll make sure go. to watch all these ones too. <laughs> Okay, so
0: real quick I, I threw together some parlays that um, I liked um, I some like guys the that... first and second one you had obviously the fuck you picking is <laughs> <laughs> So first parlay we have is kind of a more conservative one one that I feel a little bit more comfortable taking it is the first two fights that we had discussed um, taking Luis Smolka money line and the Amzad Merzhanov money line. Uh, if you combine those right now in DraftKings, it goes to plus one thir- 153. Um, not really great odds when you're looking at two guys that need to win for you. Um, but I feel like these are pretty secure picks going forward. Uh, I think that both of these guys should win fairly decisively.
1: Yeah, no, I'm with you on this one. I like this one. I, I don't see any way these guys lose. And it's if you throw a 10, what? Why the get... fuck would you say that? Why you so like it, it? You might as well have just said the L word. Well, a, a lot of people said, I said it this weekend and it hit. It never works, I feel like. Yeah, well, it works for me with Michigan and Ohio State. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> right. Shout out to Frank Stefani. <laughs> He's watched it like, what, eight times by now? Probably. Just
0: bumping, God, the, U of it, M, <laughs> b- bumping the U of M fight song uh, throughout the house. Um,. So, my second parlay is a three-legger. Uh, Jimmy Crute, Jake Matthews, and Chris Um For me, this one's a bit riskier just because mm. of Chris Grussmacher.
1: Yeah, I was going to. I was going to. Uh,
0: I thought it was that. I, you know, I think he's still a fairly secure pick, but he is fighting Stay a guy low. who is. No. <laughs> he's fighting a guy who is 10 years his junior He is fighting a guy who is a decent wrestler, a young prospect up and coming. And with these young guys, you know, once they get these steps up in competition, it's really tough to tell where they are. Um, I mean, you can watch previous tapes, but when these guys are fighting competition that's not quite at their level, it's hard to gauge really where they are. Yeah. Um, but if you put these three money lines in in DraftKings as of today, it's plus three ninety three. So some pretty good bang for your buck if you were able to hit on this one, uh, depending on how much you were willing to wager.
1: Maybe a fiver on it, fiver, tenner, something small.
0: Maybe like half of, maybe like ha- yeah, maybe like half a unit would be. No, nah, I'm going off
1: my. I don't know what a unit is. <laughs> Just whatever. You're... Besides
0: my piece, <laughs> <laughs> that little thing. <laughs>
1: hey, allegedly.
0: <laughs> Anyways, so my 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 fuck it parlay. Uh, I'm just gonna pick the guys that um, we had picked a lot, a lot, mostly in the prelims. You know, picks that we feel slightly more comfortable with: um, Smolka, Murano, Merzikanov, Grootsmacher Minefield, Bias, Matthews, Barbarena, Krut, Guida. For this one, it will be plus twenty-two thousand two hundred forty. So, a dollar will win you $222. I think
1: I'm going to bet on that one. Yeah, you might as Why well not? throw a dollar on it. If Ryan can win a 15 legger on NFL football, I feel like we can win one of these. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: so, I mean, those are those are our picks um, for the upcoming week. That's for UFC Fight Night 44 Font V Aldo. Um, this should be a good one. I'm far more excited about this one than, than I was two weeks ago. Two weeks ago, we were contemplating even watching it we watched a couple of fights
1: and it was like holy yeah, i mean like i said i will actually watch the full entirety of this one There's something something about whenever all those steps in the cage i just really want to watch i mean he's he's a, he's a hall of famer yeah he's a hall of famer and and i didn't know that much about rob font but he's he's so much fun to watch as well yeah a guy who just constantly puts pace on his opponents and is able to just piece them up uh so
0: we do have some exciting news for you guys Most of you guys know that Jason Doogie will be a... My bad. He'll be... (laughs) Mike leaked the news a little bit too early, but for the next week... We do have a pay-per-view fight, and that's going to be for the lightweight title between Dustin Poirier and Charles Oliveira. For that, we have secured an interview for you guys. Jason Doogie will be the very first guest on Making the Walk. Um, really excited to drop this interview. We interviewed him uh, a couple weeks ago. Um, really fun interview for you guys. Talked about hockey. He gave us some picks. Um, you know, a few surprises in there. Some laughs. You know, it was, it was a lot of fun, and I think you guys will really enjoy it.
1: Yeah, yeah. Honestly, it was good to learn more about Jason. I mean, yeah, I've been around him a whole bunch, but I didn't know that much about him, you know, with all the high school stuff and how juniors works and all that shit. Yeah, I mean, it it's really cool for me.
0: It's 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 a really in-depth interview, not too much MMA, but just kind of getting to know a guy who's been in some high-level competition mm-hmm. just in, in general, um, playing D1 and playing juniors, like Mike had said. Yeah. Um, some more big news to come we did secure a second interview potentially for the january pay-per-view card we're not exactly we're not gonna tell you guys who it is at the moment um this guy though has he is a professional fighter so that's gonna be really cool And
1: to, a super nice guy
0: yeah great guy all around um so once when when that day gets closer we're gonna confirm with him make sure that we can actually get this interview done and then we will we'll make sure we, we drop it for you guys should I tell him about the other one
1: what other one? Yeah, we we do have a third interview in the books. It's pending because I don't know if I'm a, am I you know the old man on here spouting off, but they are good stories. Um, we might have Big Mike, my father, uh, come on and talk the glory days of boxing. This is a guy that grew up in the '60s, '70s, '80s. Um, he was there, there present and alive for a lot of big fights that happened through boxing history. Um, he's a boxing connoisseur. He's not the biggest fan these days, but you know, guy met, uh, he's been to Roberto Duran, Sugar Ray Leonard twice, uh, met Marvin Hagler. Uh, Angelo Dundee he met, has a picture signed. I have seen that one. It used to be in his office. Angelo Dundee is Muhammad Ali's uh, trainer. Yeah, it, you know, and the old man's retired now. He might let loose and give us some good stuff. <laughs> I really hope so, but we will confirm with you guys
0: later on if we do end up getting Big Mike on the podcast. I think that'll be a lot of fun. Yeah, it would be. <laughs> we get some drinks at him. Oh yeah, I'll have to drive get him, him home. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, um, in our last bullet point here, we have set up an RSS, which means we can now be found on any type of streaming service so we are on Spotify now I'm working to make sure that we do get on Apple Music uh, or excuse me Apple Podcasts so that you guys can listen to it on whatever uh, you know source that you guys use and hopefully we'll get uh, some more ears on this you know yeah. get some more listeners we're basically Joe
1: Rogan I'm kidding you're stupid why why did I say that why, what was bad about that I don't know no. you're not stupid it was a joke no, <laughs>
0: All right, I'm, I'm ready to get out of here, Mike. Yeah, do you, you have it's anything? It's way, way past my bedtime. It's 1040. It's 940. Jeez, you need to go to bed. It's uh, Maybe I do need to go to 40.
1: It's
0: it, it, oh. <laughs> fine. We'll cut that out in post. That's yeah. why we have a podcast. Yeah. As soon yeah. as we can cut stuff. Anyway. <laughs> it's time to go to bed. We're too tired for a Oh, yeah, my God. Right. we started way too late. But anyways, guys, thanks for joining us. This was the third
1: episode. We'll see you guys later. Have a good one. Have a good weekend.